The current gasoline we put in our cars, E10, contains 10% ethanol. Corn-based ethanol helps provide income for American farmers, and a federal mandate for ethanol aims to reduce global warming emissions. In 2012, the EPA ruled that it would be safe for cars made since 2001 to use a fuel containing 15% ethanol. But an ethanol tax credit expired over a year ago, and more than 20 ethanol plants have closed in the last year. Wallace Tyner is an energy economist at Purdue University. And Professor Tyner, welcome to Living on Earth. Steve, it's great to be with you. So 20 ethanol plants closed up shop last year. Why? Well, basically because there's too much ethanol chasing too little market in the United States. The reason for that is we have something called the blend wall. We consume about 133 billion gallons of gasoline-type fuel a year, and that means blending at 10%, 13.3 billion gallons is all we can use, but we have the capacity to produce 14.9 billion gallons. So we have more capacity than we can sell ethanol, and that means that uh, everybody can't stay in the game. Uh, what about drought? How has that affected the ethanol business? Instead of being priced on gasoline as it used to be, Today, ethanol is priced on corn. So when the, we had the drought, that meant that the price of corn went up significantly, but also the price of ethanol went up significantly. And what happens is ethanol gets priced on a break-even basis with corn, but that's break-even for the efficient producer. For those that are somewhat less efficient, they have a really hard time. Um, some are losing money. Some are suspending production. Some have gone bankrupt. It is really tough to make money in ethanol today. So the market for corn-based ethanol here in the United States is set by the EPA and the Renewable Fuels uh, Standard, this blend of 10%. But I understand that, of course, in Minnesota, they are authorized to go to 20%, and there's been talk about raising the federal level to 15%. And yet some say, no, 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 that's too much. It should be less. What's your opinion? Well, Steve, in fact, uh, 15% has been the rule for a year now. EPA gave final clearance for 15% ethanol in February of last year. But the way they cleared it, they said, we're going to allow E15, that's what it's called, for cars built since 2001, but not for any small engines, not for motorcycles, not for chainsaws, snowblowers, lawnmowers, boats, etc. And the cars built since 2001 is about two-thirds of the car fleet. So put yourself in the position of a service station owner. Are you going to switch from E10 to E15 and lose a third of your customers and also have to police to make sure that nobody takes any gas away in a can that they're going to use in any of those small engines? So we have 161,000 gas stations in the country, and only 10 of them have switched to E15. Now, some 40% of the corn that we grow in the U.S. is converted into ethanol. Do I have that right? 40% of the corn that's produced goes into ethanol plants, but a third of that comes back out as distiller's grains that's fed straight to animals, just like the corn would have been. So the net number is about 27% of our corn gets used for ethanol instead of being used to feed people and animals. And how does that compare to exports to uh, other countries? Oh, we're the world's leading producer of corn ethanol by a long shot. The largest, second largest producer of ethanol is Brazil, but they produce it from sugarcane. How does corn rate as a biofuel compared to sugarcane? The ethanol that's produced from corn is identical chemically and in every other way with the ethanol produced from sugarcane. And the ethanol produced from corn has been rated by the EPA to 
reduce greenhouse gas emissions compared to gasoline by about 23%. But the EPA has also said that sugarcane ethanol reduces greenhouse gases around 50%. Um, so in terms of achieving the objective of reducing greenhouse gas emissions, sugarcane, according to EPA, does a better job. But they both do, um, according to EPA, reduce greenhouse gas emissions. Now, you're an economist. Do you have a sense of how much the price of corn has gone up because we're putting so much of it into ethanol? There is no doubt that biofuels are an important contributor to the rise in corn price, but it's not the only contributor. We have uh, higher demand in developing countries as their incomes are growing, as their diets are switching to more meat in the diet. That means they need more corn to feed more animals. So there are a whole lot of drivers of the higher corn price. Biofuels is one of those. It's an important one. But the people that say it's the only driver, no, it's not. What about the demand for land to grow corn uh, and the biofuel that comes out of it? The Environmental Working Group, for example, uh, claims that the increase in the price of corn for ethanol has led to the conversion of some 23 million acres of wetlands and grasslands, an area roughly the size of uh, your state there uh, in, in Purdue, Indiana. Well, that's a great question because when you take corn away from feeding animals, which is what most of it's used for, and divert it to producing ethanol, those animals still have to be fed. So you can get that extra land two ways. Uh, one is you get it from crop switching, and that's what we've done in the United States. We're growing less cotton, uh, less sorghum, a little bit less wheat, and we're growing more corn. And so we've shifted the mix of acres around the country. In other parts of the world, in sub-Saharan Africa, in South America, in Brazil, in Eastern Europe, cropland area has increased in all those regions. And part of that is because the world price of corn, the world price of soybeans are higher. And so farmers in those regions are expanding area. Wallace Tyner is an energy economist at Purdue University. Thank you so much, Professor Tyner. Anytime, Steve. 